Hi, everyone, and welcome to Everything with Jenna. My name is Jenna, and this is my little podcast, Everything With Me, where I talk all about random things that happen in my world and hopefully bring a little bit of fun or joy or sometimes sadness, I guess. But just, you know, real life, it's my real story. It's just what I'm experiencing. And and really, I just thoroughly enjoy talking into a microphone by myself. And then on the other end, people listen. It's totally crazy. It's absolutely insane. But anyways, today, you guys, I wanted to talk a little bit about my most recent experience in traveling. Uh, If you listened to my last podcast, you probably heard, or if you didn't, um, as a little recap, I was talking about how I had to travel for work. Now, I love to travel. I mean, I don't love the process of traveling so much of like the whole airport and all that kind of stuff, but I love going places. I love experiencing new things. And uh, when I was promoted earlier this year, a big part of my position is to travel. Uh, I am in a division where there's three states. I'm based out of Las Vegas, if you don't know that, but probably already do. Uh, with that, Nevada, Utah, and Colorado is really like my market, uh, so to speak, my division. Um, I'll, so in theory, in non-COVID times, I would be traveling to Utah and Colorado pretty consistently, not like every week or anything like that, but enough where, you know, it's just something that I, that I do for work. Well, I've been in my new position for six months and I haven't really traveled anywhere except via car about an hour and a half away. So nothing really crazy. So we took the opportunity, felt like the timing was right, and uh, went up to Colorado for our first official visit. And when I say our, uh, a colleague of mine and I got promoted very close to one another, and he has part of Colorado as well. So it was a really great opportunity. So we traveled, we went to Colorado, we were in the Denver area for about four days, and then we were in southern, way southern Colorado for a night. Uh, so we flew in in the afternoon on Friday and left on, I mean, on Thursday and left on Friday afternoon. So really, it was about 24 hour in and out kind of a thing. So normally, people don't really care a lot about like what the experience is like traveling. But I figured if anyone is considering traveling uh, on an airplane right now during this time, uh, I learned a few things, little things that are just maybe not learn so much, but some of that experience. So I wanted to share a little bit of that, just in case you were thinking like, oh, is the time right? Should I travel? What's the airports like? I've been staying away from everything, all of that kind of stuff. So with that being said, we flew out of McCarran, which is here in Las Vegas on Monday morning. And we had a direct flight from Vegas to Denver. And uh, we were flying Southwest Airlines from Las Vegas to Denver. And uh, I'm a big Southwest fan. I have nothing but love for Southwest. I know some people don't like Southwest, but I think they do a great job. It's kind of no frills. You, you know, you get on, you get out, you're done. <laughs> get on, get in the plane, sit down, shut up eat your peanuts and go home and get off the plane, right? So with that being said, again, we flew out on uh, Monday morning. So Monday leaving Las Vegas traditionally, if you're not familiar, is normally a pretty busy time to leave Las Vegas. We have a lot of people who come in for weekends and then depart on Monday morning. Sundays, Mondays are always pretty busy at, at the airport. 
And I just, this is generally. So I was curious to see what was it going to be like during now. So September of 2020, still global pandemic raging. Children are still not in school, you know, all of that. So so what is this going to look like? Uh, My flight time was at 1030 a.m. And I wanted to be uber prepared normally pretty quick getting through the airport, even on a Monday. Uh, But I did get there a little earlier than I probably would have normally. Uh, So I got to the airport about 830. So I did a two hours in advance. And uh, coming into the airport, just uh, being dropped off, my mom actually dropped me off because, you know, I'm all about family. And uh, I, my mom and I were saying like, okay, there's definitely I mean, there's action here. It's not like a ghost town. Uh, So, you know, I get out of the car and whatever. And the first thing I noticed was that all of the kiosks outside were not were not opening. uh, Were not open. Uh, No curbside sky caps, none of that stuff, at least on the southwest side. And and again, so and I flew three different airlines. So that's why I thought this might be kind of a good, a good overview. Uh, so leaving here at Southwest, no one's outside uh, because Southwest does not charge for bags. And I knew I'd be traveling quite substantially <laughs> with all of my chugging my suitcase along. Uh, I decided, you know what, it doesn't, they don't charge me. I'm just going to check my bag. I'm there for a week. I have a lot of crap. Let's just check it. So I did. So I did do that line to check in your bag and it moved. As far as social distancing goes, they do have the floor markers. And I felt like people were pretty good with that. There was a few people, I think it's just natural instinct. You know, you're walking in a line and you try to, and you kind of get a little close to people. I found myself going like, back off, Jenna, you know, because I was doing the same thing. So with that being said, pretty easy. Did the little touchscreen thing, um, got my my little sticker, tagged my own bag, got up to the front counter and dropped it off. She confirmed, yep, great, you're going to Denver, awesome. And it was pretty easy, actually. And that probably took about 15 minutes, maybe probably more like 10 minutes. It seemed overwhelming because there were a lot of people there. And that was probably the thing that I was most taken back by is how many people were there. And I, again, they have the floor markers, but people don't always abide by those floor markers. So it was, it was interesting. Uh, going through security was pretty normal. Um, they do have the line spaced out. So if you are accustomed to, I'm just going to say like a Disneyland style snake line, you know, where you come in and you go up and you turn back and, you know, all of the switchbacks kind of a deal. They definitely have that, but they have it spaced out further. So I think it's deceiving when you get up to the security checkpoint line. It's deceiving as far as like, oh my gosh, this line is pretty long. But it actually moved super fast. Like it did not take very long at all. Uh, so did that. I am definitely was trying to, I was going to get TSA pre-check. Uh, I need to still do that, especially as I continue to travel. I hadn't done it before cause I was like, well, I might as well wait until I start traveling again. And now I've started kind of sort of traveling. So I definitely am going to do the TSA pre-check. And my boss actually told me to get the global pass. So you actually can avoid, uh, customs. So 
when I travel internationally. Not that I plan on going international anytime soon, but hey, why not? TSA pre-check for five years is like 85 bucks or it's a hundred for the global. I'm like, well, that makes more sense. So I'm definitely going to do that. So in all fairness, I do not have TSA pre-check. So I am just a typical straight run of the mill going through security, like 98% of everyone else who's doing that. So go through security. Um, excuse me. So we, uh, so I get through security and that was pretty easy actually. Um, the, the thing is, and, and you all may have heard this before, uh, when you give them your identification, they do ask you to pull your face mask down so they can verify that you match the photo on your, on your, uh, identification. Uh, so did that, you know, did the whole thing. So I got through security and, Uh, it took me, I timed it. It took me from the time I got out of the car and to, I, until I got to my gate, it took me about 32 minutes. So, and I did have to take a tram. No, I did not have to take a tram. I did. I walked to my gate. Never mind. Um, so with that being said, not bad, especially on a Monday morning. And it does look deceiving. I have to say it looked very deceiving with the lines, but it is because of the spacing that they have in the lines, which is fine. I have no problem with that. Uh, with that being said, got on the plane. Uh, when we got on the plane, Southwest, if you're not familiar, open seating, which is great. You just go with your boarding group. And uh, I was A32, I believe. Uh, the cool part about Southwest right now is that they have all of their open seat or all of their middle seats are open. And I have to say that made me feel so good. It really felt nice that the the seats were open in the center. I did not have to worry about someone sitting right next to me on top of me. Uh, and I really appreciated that. So that was awesome. Got to Denver. No problem. Got um, when we got into Denver, though. So if you've never been to DIA, um, I have to say it reminds me very much of Dallas. So if you've been to Dallas or if you've never been to Dallas or Denver in their airports, it's all uh, trams from each gate section. So A, B, C, and you have to get on the, the tram to get to the, like the main terminal. Uh, and this is pretty common. We have that at, at McCarran as well. And a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of airports have this system. So we landed in a C gate, which means that we get on the tram from C and then it stops at B and then it stops at A and then it gets you to the main terminal. When we got on, of course, no one was there, it's empty. So we get on and then we stop at the B gates and of course, more passengers come on. And then we stop at the A gates and more passengers get on. And the funny part is, is it's like, bing, bing, bing hey, this is the mayor of Denver. Please practice physical distancing, blah, blah, blah. We are jammed into this thing like sardines. And that I have to say, I don't know how they could do it any different, but that was so jarring to me. And I am literally standing against a window. I pushed myself up against the back of this like tram thing. And they keep like, people just keep coming on. I ended up basically standing on top of my boss which he's a cool guy. So at least he wasn't like, Jenna, what are you doing? But there was no option. You know, I mean, at least I knew him and we were traveling together. So and my colleague is like on the other side. So we're like smushed together like sardines. It was, you guys, I'm not going to lie. It was really surprising about that. And at least it's short, but no physical distancing at all. Zero percent in the tram. 
So that was a little uncomfortable. So we get our bags, whatever, get the, um, get the rental car, uh, take the bus to the rental car thing, um, first the shuttle to the rental car, like distribution area. And again, the bus was pretty good, pretty spaced out. They did have some seats closed on the shuttle bus. And then when we got to the rental car, like thing, um, distribution center area. They did have uh, markings on the ground, on the floor to stand in line. So that was pretty good. All in all, like that part was fine. And um, so then we continued on our trip, did all of the things that we needed to do. It was great. So Thursday we were flying now United, United out of Denver into Durango, Colorado. And if you're not familiar where Durango, Colorado is, it's in the southern, it's like very southwest of the state of Colorado. The state of Colorado looks basically like a giant square. And so this would be in the bottom, the southernmost area. Like it's basically 40 minutes to the New Mexico border. So way south there. Um, when you think, I think when people think of Colorado, they think of mountains and all of that. And of course, there are a lot of mountains uh, and and everything. But this is just a little different part. And if we were to drive, it would have been like seven hours or a 45-minute flight. So obviously, we were flying. Uh, so because Durango is so small, you actually fly into a county airport. So puddle jumpers to the extreme, uh, little tiny airplanes. And with that being said, we're flying United from Denver into Durango. First of all, back into the Denver airport, uh, the shuttle thing back out to the gates was not terrible, but, oh wait, hold on, let me back up. So security. So again, a little deceiving as far as the security lines go. Uh, I was not checking a bag this time because we were flying United and United charges for bags. And I was like, heck no. Um, So I I had packed, uh, you know, where you could carry on. I just didn't want to do it and leaving because why truck your air, your bag to the airport if you don't have to, especially in your final destination, you know, anyways, so check, I did not check my bag. So I had all my bag or I had my suitcase and I had my carry on and, uh, the, the, um, security line, pretty deceiving. Again, some floor markers, not a lot. And when we got through security, um, again, not a lot of distancing. And I think people are trying to be cognizant, but also I think there is some anxiety of people flying in an airport, right? Or flying and being in an airport and all of that stuff. And I always, and I felt this way before, like even before there was COVID and all of that kind of stuff, I do feel like honestly that people anxiety is always up at the airport, especially if they're not used to flying. You know, I, I have flown my whole life, so it's not like I'm super anxious about flying per se, like in normal times, but I do feel like there's always that group of people or those people that like inevitably I get behind. I don't know how I get so lucky and, uh, you know, where they're like, oh wait, I have to take my, 
my shoes off. Oh, I have to take my belt off. You know, it's that kind of whole situation. So of course I chose poorly, got behind the wrong people. My boss like gets in a different line. My colleague, he had TSA pre-check on this one. So he was gone. So needless to say, we kind of all split up and it was like, well, we'll meet at the gate. We're all going to the same place. So long story short, finally get their security. Now I'm back on the little tramp thing, right? So uh, so this time I'm flying out of the B gate. So at least I didn't have to go all the way to C and people were unloading. And, and I think for going out to the gates, it wasn't bad because it wasn't, you know, multiple airlines coming off and all that good stuff. Anyways, it was still tight, not a lot of physical distancing. And with that all being said, I get to my, I get to the B thing and I just walk for like five miles through the Denver airport because Puddle Jumper, little tiny airplane, it's not like they're like at like a major gate, you know, they're like at the regional gates where the little airplanes are like down in the South 40 there. Uh, so I just walked forever. You go up, you go down, you go around. And, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, are we literally walking to Durango at this point? That was what I was thinking. Um, so finally, after for what felt like forever, get all the way down to these little like tiniest little airplanes in the world and I thought oh crap here we go okay so uh get on the plane um the planes are so small and that basically even though I was carrying my bag on they have to do a gate check at it for all of them so they they quote valet your bag and it's been a hot minute since I've flown on a little puddle jumper like that and instantly I was like, holy crap, this is a small plane. And Flying United, they are not doing any sort of open seating on this on these small planes or on the large ones either. And so uh, middle of the plane, over the wing, where I like to be. And I was in the aisle and uh, a woman was next to me. And basically it was a full flight. There was no absolutely no open seat at all on this plane. Granted, there was only probably like 24 seats on this plane. So we're talking small, um, and very tight. Uh, the person who was sitting next to me, I mean, these, these, these planes aren't big anyways, but so any of the larger people on the flight, I mean, it was really apparent. And the lady sitting next to me was just in her seat and halfway in my seat. And you know what? It is what it is no big deal. It was a 40 minute flight, but it was the longest, shortest flight ever. And it was, you know how you just like get on a plane and you're like, holy crap, this is going down because this just does not feel good. I mean, I don't know. It's just unusual. And so then this is something, and I haven't flown in a while either, but this is something that they asked. And I think it's because it's these smaller planes. So uh, they asked, do you have any lithium ion battery or lithium batteries in the valet bag in my like suitcase? And I was like, no. And then I'm like looking at my, my colleague, my friend, I'm like, what kind of batteries are those anyways? He's like, you know, rechargeable batteries. And I was like, oh, okay. So they asked it like 25 times. I'm like, no. I mean, they asked everyone that. So anyway, there must be something with like, with that, uh, Anyway, uh, so get out. So we finally get to Durango and, you know, what could only be described as the longest, shortest flight in my life and <laughs> get off. Uh, so United, they did not make any sort of announcement as far as deplaning and Southwest didn't either. It was kind of like, hopefully everyone knows, like you get up, 
it row by row. But I feel like some people just, you know, that whole thing, let's all stand in the aisleway. So we didn't do that. Mostly no one did this on that on that particular flight. So get out. So now we're in this like little tiny regional airport. So no trams, really nothing. I mean, basically you land in a hangar. I mean, kind of a thing. You actually land and then you have to walk outside. So you walk down a ramp outside, walk across the, you know, the like tarmac-y kind of thing and then into the airport. So that's cool. You know, you just, it's pretty neat. It's that whole like... I said to my my friend, I was like, so did you feel like you were a politician coming out of the airplane? Because he's like, I've never done that before. So that happened. So at least we got a little bit of fresh air, got the rental car way different right there at the airport. Bing, bang, boom. Um, they had valeted our bags, but then all of them came out on the carousel. So that was great. Um, so no big deal. Get the car, move on with our life. Um, oh, I forgot. I wanted to talk about the hotels too. So I'll get to that. I'll do the airplane. I'll do the airport portion first and then I'll go to the hotels. So then, um, the next day, so we do all of our stuff, do the whole thing. And then the next day we fly home back to Vegas. So this is on Friday and, uh, we flew from Durango to Phoenix, Phoenix to Vegas. So now we're flying American, uh, mostly because it's kind of like you get what you get kind of a thing as far as like airlines and what's available into Durango because it is so small. Uh, so we were flying American from Durango to Phoenix on again, a little tiny puddle jumper. So this one, on the seat map, because that's the other thing, United and American, you get a seat. They don't, you know, you. it's not like a pick your own poison kind of thing. Uh, so on the seat map, everything was X'd out. So I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be a full flight. So we sit down and it happens to be, I'm in the aisle and the aisle and on the other side of me on the other aisle is my boss. And we're looking around and like, no one's sitting next to me. He has someone sitting in the window with him, but we're looking around and there's all these open seats and they go, boarding is complete. And then they said, if you can, if you want to, you can move for physical distancing. And so we were like, holy crap. Um, so here's the other thing we were sitting, him and I were sitting in the aisle, right. Or in the row, excuse me, right behind the emergency exit. So he asked the flight attendant, Oh, can I just move up one? And she goes, no, those are premium seats. So then she's like, you can move up here, which is the aisle or the row in front of the emergency exit. And he's like, are you kidding me? So no one actually sat in the emergency row. So anyways, so he moved up. I was in a row by myself. He was in a row by himself. And and my colleague was in a row by himself a few rows back from us. So that was really great. And I moved into the window. So I felt kind of secure. I had the air blowing on me. No one was sitting in front of me. So it was, I felt better about that whole situation. That was good. So we get to Sky Harbor and Uh, I'm very familiar with Sky Harbor. Like I've been in that airport. I can't even tell you how many millions of times. So we land at a B gate again, um, you know, far down and have to get to a gate. The good part is, is we did not have to take the little shuttle thingy or the tram. So that was awesome. Uh, So we just did the whole walking through the airport thing, which we had a long enough layover that it wasn't an issue. So Sky Harbor, you guys is packed like 
balls to the wall, packed beyond packed. There's people everywhere. And now it's Friday night going into Vegas. So just like I said in the beginning, Monday leaving Vegas is always busy and flying into Vegas on a Friday night is always busy. So with that being said, we're now on American, again, continuation of, a, of our little tour here and flying into Vegas on a Friday night. Our flight's supposed to take off. I want to say we left... Phoenix at like 5:40 on a Friday night so it was just like prime time. Uh and then they kept saying on the intercom if you, you know, this flight is completely full, there are no open seats and if you have brought on your we your luggage, we will be happy to uh check that for you to your final destination at no charge. So I look at my colleague who has checked his bag. He's paid out of pocket to check his bag because he does have rechargeable batteries um, for his like hair clippers or whatever. Anyways, he's weirdo. And if he listens to this, he knows exactly why I'm saying that because he is a weirdo because he shaves his head. Anyways, side note. So long story short, I was like, you got screwed, man. Like you've been paying for this and they would have checked it for free. But he said he probably couldn't get through security with his batteries. I don't know. Anyway, long story short, we get on this flight and yes, it's huge. So I'm used to flying Southwest again. And this now airplane is a way bigger airplane than what Southwest flies. And I I meant to look to see which, what size they were, but, um, Big plane, huge plane, whatever. They give you a wet nap when you get on or like a cleaning. United did that as well. Southwest did not give you a like a cleaning thing. Um, Southwest did give us snacks. None of the other ones do that. So that was interesting. No waters or anything. Um, so just like Southwest gave us a, a little snack pack thing with like Chex Mix-ish kind of thing in it. United, nor American, anything, nothing at all. And now these are short flights too. So it's not like we're in the air for hours on end. And I believe they do give you go bags or like prepackaged snacks depending on the length of your flight. But Ours were not long. Uh, so get on, get in. I'm in a window seat. And yes, there is just like boatloads of people getting on this plane. It probably had 250 people, 200, 250, something like that on this on this flight. So I'm in row 18 and I'm in the window and I'm just seeing all these people coming on, coming on, coming on. And um, <clears throat> then finally, like right at the end of uh, uh, man sits on the he's in the aisle I'm in the window and then they said boarding is complete and I'm like oh my god like how did that so by the grace of God I don't know but the middle person in my row that was the only open seat on this entire flight it was unbelievable I could not believe I got so lucky so I felt really good about that and uh got off, got my bag because I did not check it. And there was plenty of room in my overhead compartment. So that was good. And bing, bing, boom, I'm home. So I was really excited. I did. We landed in D gates. So at McCarran, all of like United and American, I think, or at least American. Oh, and, and Delta, they fly out of the D gates. So um, again, a tram, but because it was a straight shot into the main terminal, not bad at all. And I had room, so it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It was, it was full, but it wasn't like jammed, which was nice. So there was a little bit of physical distancing there and made it out, ran through basically the baggage check 
claim thing. I didn't, obviously I had my bag with me and it was busy. There was a lot of people there and got out into the parking garage and met my husband there who was waiting for me in the passenger pickup. So that was awesome. Uh, there were a lot of people though, you guys, I'm not going to lie, tons and tons of people. Um, really quick. I know I've been going on for a really long time, but I figured it's good to share this experience in case you want to fly or you're curious about what it's like to travel during this time. Um, so the whole, every flight, you have to wear a face mask, obviously. Um, airports, pretty much you need to be wearing a face mask as well. You're supposed to be. Now, I saw a ton of people who weren't wearing face masks. Um, at, in fact, at Sky Harbor in Phoenix, there was a whole group of women that were traveling to Vegas clearly for like some girls getaway, which is great. Thanks for stimulating our economy. We appreciate that. But they all were holding their face masks. And you could tell these women, and not to be stereotyping, but I'm going to because it's my podcast and I can do what I want. These women, I kid you not, you guys were clearly like from Scottsdale, super ass bougie and were holding their masks like, oh, I know. Can you believe? And they're older, older women. But um, I'm like, ladies, put your masks on. So have to wear your masks through the whole flight. And um, on the last flight, the American flight from uh, Phoenix to Vegas, they did get on in the middle of the flight. Now, if you've never flown from Vegas to Phoenix or Phoenix to Vegas or whatever, it's like a 45-minute flight, super short. So during the middle of the flight, they get on and they say, like, as a reminder, you need to wear your face mask over your mouth and nose. If you do not comply to do that, then you may be put on our on our no-fly list with our airline. Um, they made a really long announcement. Every flight made a really long announcement about that. So... Anyways, so that happened, but it's a short flight. No big deal. Um, so hotels really quick. Uh, we stayed with Hilton both time at both locations in Denver and in Durango. We were at a Hampton Inn, Hilton Hampton Inn in Denver, and then we were at Doubletree in Durango. So it was so nice, you know, Hilton chain of hotels are, are nice. Um, they definitely had the sticker on the door to the outside so it was cleaned so then the seal is broken when you go in when we checked in at in denver they asked us if we wanted uh maid service we were there for three nights or whatever and i said no it's fine um my colleague he did get that so i don't know how that went for him but i was like it's fine i don't need them coming in my room i just didn't i didn't feel it was necessary so that was good um everything was you know, like in bags and sanitized and that kind of stuff. So it was, I mean, it was good. Um, and then the same thing happened at the Double Tree as in Durango. Everything was very sanitized. They have signs everywhere. They have stickers everywhere. Like we've sanitized for your protection, that kind of stuff. The remote control is like in like a vacuum sealed bag kind of thing. Um, so yeah, um, also on the American and United, well, American and maybe United, I can't remember, for sure on American, they actually announced that they're cleaning the plane, and I don't know what that all looks like as far as cleaning the plane, but they say they clean the plane. Like I said, we did get the little um, cleaning things on United and American, not on Southwest, to clean our tray table and our seat backs and our side things, our armrests and stuff like that. I did that. So it was good. I mean, all in all, I have to say I felt a little uncomfortable at times and then I felt fine at other times. So that was, 
something. Um, and I know I'm saying um a lot, and I know that that's a pet peeve of my own, but now I've pointed it out, so now you're going to listen to that. But please don't. Uh, anyways, I feel like all in all, it was okay. You know, like all in all, I felt under the circumstances, we did the best we could. We, you know, it wasn't awful. Um, I would also say that I brought different face masks for every day on purpose because I didn't want to, and I put them in a used plastic baggie. So after I used a face mask, I then put it in a different bag, um, in my suitcase, a Ziploc bag, cause I didn't want to contaminate anything else and you know that kind of stuff so I definitely took extra precautions of of course I had a hand sanitizer with me and and used it and there was I have to say there's a ton of touchless hand sanitizers everywhere we went I was really happy to see that we were eating out quite a bit because obviously what else are we going to do and when we did that um, we actually had probably our largest lunch and there was nine of us and they did separate the two tables so we couldn't all sit together. We had a table in between us. And so that was a little interesting. We ate outside probably 98% of the time and it was beautiful weather. Thank God we went in like fall and it was gorgeous and the high was like 80 and 75. They were Some of our team were like, oh, it's so hot. We're like, we're coming from 100. It's great. But um but it was beautiful. It was gorgeous weather. So it was great to sit outside. And they do as many restaurants, I think everywhere are having this distancing within the tables and things like that. And sitting outside made me feel a lot better as well. Uh, so overall, I would say it's pretty good. I do think it's kind of a shame that American and United and I get the smaller planes, but but specifically on the American flight coming into Vegas uh, on Friday night, you know, I got very lucky to have the open space between me and the other gentleman on the aisle, but it just happened to be no one else had that. And it was jammed, you know, and, and that's, and that's the thing that does make me a little bit nervous in that there were so many people, probably 250 people on this plane, but it also makes me feel like interest, interested and curious to know how much people are actually able to travel and are traveling and they are coming to Las Vegas. And even though we're not still fully open, they're coming, they're spending their money. And I even said that while we were waiting to get off the plane, just sitting in our thing, uh, in our, in our rows, I said, well, thank you for coming and stimulating our economy. And I was talking to this one couple and, and whatever. And, and it's just one of those things, you know, I get that we need to be aware and we need to still live our lives in some regard as well. My mom always says life is too short. I agree. So, you know, there's just a lot. It's a lot of mixed emotions, I have to say. A lot of mixed emotions. When we were in Denver, one of our team members, she said when we went to this like team lunch and she said, this is the first time I've been out to eat in six months. So she has definitely stayed in her own little bubble. She's been in her office and she's been at home and that's it. And so it's a respect factor of that too. But I feel like you break that, you make that decision, you do what's best for you and your family and what you feel comfortable with and what you don't feel comfortable with. My boss did not put any pressure on us to travel, but he said, you know, if you're okay with it, I think it would be really great. But if you're not, then that's great too. And that's the thing. He, it was our decision. we we thought like, okay. And if you listen to my last podcast, I was really anxious about it. So overall, I would say, I feel pretty comfortable, but I just got home, 
yesterday. <laughs> so I'm recording this on Saturday as a little peek into the curtain, behind the curtain. But but I would say that overall, I feel okay. I mean, I don't know if I got exposed to COVID or not, but I feel like when you're anywhere, you're going to be exposed. I could go to the grocery store and do a Walmart pickup or do a Smith's pickup and the person putting the stuff in my car could be exposed. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I stay in the car, so maybe that's not the best example, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like you can go anywhere and you can be exposed. So I don't know. I just hope we wore our mask. I wore my mask very religiously, used a lot of hand sanitizer, washed my hands a million times. In fact, my hands actually got a little chapped and my, uh, from having the mask on so much, I definitely have that mask knee thing going on that people were talking about. And, um, my lips got chapped too from just, I don't know, like the dry, just being under a mask so long, which is weird. I don't know why that happened, but anyways, long story short, I would say, if you really feel like you need to travel, I think you can absolutely do it. But you have to be your own advocate and take your own safety precautions too, I think. Uh, anyone can get COVID and that and that's the thing. And I shared last week about um, the family member who just passed and all the, you know, all that they're dealing with as far as that goes and, and just everything going on. It's just like, if you want to live your life, then be the most, you know, cautious as you can be and live your life to the way you need to live it. I'm home. I'm happy. I'm hopefully safe. Um, I guess I'll know in two weeks if I was exposed to anything, but really it could be anywhere and anytime. So just trying to do my very best. And overall though, I have to say, I feel pretty good about how everything was handled as far as the traveling goes, but I would not recommend flying into Durango and out of Durango, Colorado. (laughs) It's a great place. I want to go back, but I'll probably drive there the next time because that is a hard flight. You guys, it is just bam, like it's tiny. So even in normal times, I'm not overly fond of airplanes with like 12 rows. Like that's a little small. It's a little frightening. Anyway, okay. I'm done babbling now. If you've made it this far, congratulations. Thank you so much for listening. I know this is probably one of my longer podcasts, but I had a lot to share. Hopefully it finds, it hopefully gives you some good information or not, but I hope you all have a good rest of your day. And again, thank you so much for listening. Bye everyone.